Welcome to One Life Online. The podcast that brings you the weekly sermons at One Life Church, Kampala. In this episode, we listen to a sermon presented by Arthur Murungi. As you listen to this message, may the Lord speak to you through His Word, by His Spirit, and cause you to walk according to His will, by His grace. As we start 2024, uh, like most years that many of us have lived, we begin to think of how can I be more productive? So there are all sorts of resolutions being written. I know that different understandings of resolutions by believers today. Um, there are things we want to change, but we are aiming to be more productive. And productivity is something that this culture has become so absorbed with. So we want to do things, and usually it is defined, this productivity as efficiency. So we want to get everything done within as little time as possible. So we are trying to fix the children's soccer games. We're trying to fix uh, our own activities, the visits, the work within as little time as we could possibly have. I have a friend who has gone ahead to put together a personal application using ClickUp that organizes his whole family. Even the food in the refrigerator. When it is expiring, he gets an email and a notification. When they are in the supermarket, they tick off what they've bought, and the application lets them know what they need to buy. Everything is so... So this guy is an IT geek, uh, this friend of mine. We had a trip. We've had two trips together in the last month. But we had a trip where he organized everything. We're going to Imbarara, and I was coming from uh, Kayunga. He said, you need to be here at 2 and at 2 sharp. He knew what we were going to listen to on the drive. I usually listen with my children. We've been listening to, what is that book called? Anne of Green Gables. So he had a book lined up for what we're going to listen to, how, where we're going to stop. I mean, it's all laid out. I enjoy administration, but not to that extreme. So efficiency. And when we went past the time by 10 minutes, you begin to get restless. Getting things done within as little time as possible with all the resources you have. However, the flip side is effectiveness. Being effective is achieving the desired result using the desired means. Those who have little children are going to explain a few things differently. But we want to have what we desire using the right desired means. So the right outcome using the right means. 
For us as believers, this goes to the gospel. As we start this year, we need to clearly ask ourselves, is our productivity gospel-driven? Because it is very easy to get the checklists done and miss the point. So even as we're writing down, evaluating, 2024 is coming, all these things listed, is it what God desires? We've got all this equipment set up. These guys, when they come, they do it excellently. Some of them arrive here at 7 a.m. to get the chairs set up, to get the equipment set up. I mean, I enjoy to see them set up and break down. But at the end of the day, is the setup what we are after? Is it really what we are after? If I prepare this message and deliver it so well, and yet I am not changed, is it worth it? It must be gospel-driven. Some of us believe because I came to Christ, I don't need the gospel anymore. That's not the case. We live within that gospel. So I began to check there are a myriad of apps that are currently helping us from ClickUp to Trello to, is it called Asena, to which one? Uis, to Dewis. To do list now there you go to do is there are many lined up for us to use I'm getting more conversant with ClickUp but there are so many where are they taking us I sit in a car to get somewhere the vehicle is not the issue. Yes, we may make it comfortable. Yes, so we went to Christmas, went for Christmas uh, in Fort Porto, and my parents were waiting. That when we were in the car and we reached Fort Porto, I did not remain in the car. When we, when we get the tools to be the end, there is a problem. I got out of the car, I hugged my parents, the children got up, their, their cousins, my nephews and nieces were there, full house, and I began to have conversations with my parents that I've been praying about. That's the point. We ought to be very careful as we look to 2024 and write resolutions that we do not end up with the tool being the main thing. I see that even children now, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, they write down goals. They have their calendars out. But do they really know why? Do they really know why they're being faithful with their time? Do they really understand why we are rushing them out of the house to come to church? 
do, do, we, do we know? <laughs> do we ever stop in the vehicle to discuss these issues? Today I asked my daughter to pray for the church, not the building, the people, and I was listening in. We're coming to church, I'm saying, please pray, we're going to meet fellow believers for the climax of the week. Hopefully we've been meeting during the week and praying for each other. But why do we dress up to come to church? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be the wardrobe that is important. And there's going to be a problem. So, I would like us to patiently walk through Second Peter. And I think I'm going to spend as much time as I'm given to walk through Second Peter. You're satisfied with your day when there is a match between what you value and how you spend your time. That statement got me thinking as I was thinking about 2024. When Mr. Linkletter is preparing the lessons for the young people and he's delivering them, I always watch for how that lesson has changed him and it does. <laughs> yes. I can see what he's put into it, the time he's taken. Because he values those young people. Do I value you enough to make good use of my time? But most importantly, do I value God enough for this not to be just another sermon? Let's, let's open our Bibles and go through this. Now, uh, I'll come back to that, but as we go through this, I want to use this circle. I know Simon Sinek has, has made this circle popular, the golden circle, but this has been there for ages. The why is very important, but we spend time on the how, true? And even forget the what we're targeting. This is purpose. This is reason. Why are you writing resolutions? Why are you even looking forward to fireworks? So as we go through Peter's message, please categorize where everything falls. Draw the circle. And fill it in with verses or write out the verses. What is our need for prayer as we enter 2024? What is the target? Okay. Let's start from verse 2. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. To you, Ivan, to you, Brian, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. That word knowledge is going to keep appearing. And of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Once again, the knowledge. Who called us by glory 
and virtue, other versions say excellences, by which have been given to us exceedingly great precious promises, that through these you and I may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world. Corruption of lust. Let's stop there. Did I read the following? As his divine power has given to us some things. P pardon? All. This divine power has given us just a little, then psychology takes over. Hmm. All things that pertain to life and 2024 is here. We have everything we need for life and godliness, true or false. Do not get into 2024 thinking you're incomplete and you need someone to put their hand on your head. We have all that pertains to life and godliness. But how does this come? The knowledge of God, of Jesus Christ. So, give you an example. My son, Jamin, has been told over and over that caterpillars burn. He's been informed six years of age, six years of information, six years of knowledge that caterpillars will not leave you the same. We reach Fort Porto, and he lifts a rock, and there is a caterpillar. He tells me it was an accident, but I don't know. He puts his fingers or he accidentally touches the caterpillar. Just two fingers. And we had 45 minutes of grief. He now had experiential knowledge of a caterpillar. They were not facts. <laughs> they were no longer facts that were given to him. He now knew what a caterpillar does. The word knowledge used three times in this passage is calling for intimate understanding of who God, Jesus Christ, is. It's not simply facts, and that's why the demons have the facts that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They know him to be the Messiah. They fell down when they saw him, but did not actually understand comprehend and experience what it means to be forgiven of sin. They have no idea the depth, the demonstration of love that he gives for sin. I know that because he picked me from the stench of sin. He says, when you and I came to know him, he sealed it, Ephesians 1.13. That his divine power now has allowed me 
all that pertains to life. We have friends, my wife and I have friends who talk about horse whispering. Now, for us, we do not have horses in Uganda. I also had research. But supposedly, there is a therapy. There's a therapy that you go, they take you to a horse, and you tell it everything that is on your heart. I just read all things here. Do I need a horse? I read self-help books. This crossover, people are going to be standing in front of a mirror saying, I can do it. I can do it. Look at how I, I can do it. Self-help. For what? I can't do anything. I could not even save myself except for his divine power. True? Godliness. You know that sin that has beset you for so long? He's given all. As we enter 2024, don't start making resolutions of Inze. It is not you. <laughs> this one has ended. That sin that besets me. I have everything in Christ to be godly, to be like his son. Everything. <clears throat> who called us by glory and virtue, excellences. This is the why. Divine power, called, glory unto him, virtue. He has given us exceeding great promises. Verse 4. There's a time when I was constantly having conversations. By the way, it's a good thing to read. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. I read different books. One of the books that led me to this conversation we're having today, or someone, is by Matt Parman. What's Best Next? Gospel-Driven Productivity. And he has combined all these men uh, and put a biblical perspective and foundation to productivity. The books are okay, but they will never replace the Bible. It was extremely sad for me in the past to go to meetings and almost 80% of the people that have come for the Bible study do not have a Bible, but they have Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. There was a day when that was happening. It was torn in tatters, and I would say, where is your Bible? Say, ah, I have a purpose. Which one? You read through the whole book, you don't know what exact purpose he's pointing to. His purposes are clear. And to his glory for his excellences. And he's made it known to us in the word of God. His 
promises. I pray that you're more directed to his promises in his word more than the many resolutions that we end up writing. His promises are clear. He's guaranteed us in the Holy Spirit eternal life. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So why do I have life and godliness? Why is it possible the divine power, I can now step away from the corruption that is in the world? This is an illustration. It is gross. I, I, a guy who came out with these illustrations fail. But this was the illustration. Imagine a man who has lost a friend in the battle. Back in the day, they would carry their friend to get them home. They didn't want to stop. So they would carry this dead friend on their backs to get home and bury them. There were no bugs or... To the point that the decaying body of the friend would begin to merge with their backs and become one and eat the flesh away. That is what is meant by corruption. What is dead had eaten me up. And the Lord removes and grants me a new heart. I have escaped it. He even gives me divine power now to live and be godly. And yet I continue to carry what is dead. Does that make sense? We continue to, if they can't, we're returning to our vomit. We carry it and we seek and hewn all sorts of cisterns. We come up with all sorts of ways. And yet he's, he's removed it. He's given us great promises. For this reason, verse reason. He doesn't even say just reason. He says for this very reason you've been redeemed from corruption, the lusts of the world. He's given us divine power, life and godliness. For this very reason giving all diligence, add, supply, increase your faith with virtue, with moral excellence. The same faith that he says in verse 1, you have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and the Savior Jesus Christ. In other words, I did not work for that righteousness. He gave it, I obtained it, and now he says because you have it, add moral excellences, add goodness, Add virtue to your faith. Don't go around saying, I'm going to be with the Lord. I, it is done. It is finished. I, but this is me. I get angry suddenly. No. Add virtue, goodness. Be diligent to add this. 
I met someone once who told me, I am done with that person. That person has reached me here. I visited about 10 years ago a community in, I think it was in Sironko, of ladies that attended a marriage conference and there was no man. One of the ladies said, I love Jesus, but I've raised the children. He's reached me here. <laughs> so I looked at her and said, Jesus has never told Arthur, you've reached me here. Never. Add virtue, goodness. Do not be weary of doing good. Do not be weary of doing good. I annoy my wife, I do something, and she still serves me the same. And I once asked her why, and she said, it is not my place, the spanking is from the Lord. <laughs> he will form you. I'm not going to stop living for Christ because I'm going to add to my faith virtue. And he says, with diligence, diligence. You know that person that has taken advantage of you? I'm not saying don't be wise. But you know that person who has taken advantage of you? Be wise, yes. But have virtue. Don't say, this is it, 2024. They have my four million, I've not lent. Now you lend them 20, what they can return. But remain good. May there still be goodness. Don't get calloused. Don't get hardened. It says, be diligent to add. Divine power, everything given, removed from corruption. What should we become? Life, godliness, not so. How? Adding. At that bank, at that job, Add virtue. He goes on to say, to virtue, add knowledge. Again. You know, we can't stop taking in the great precious promises. They are the ones that enable us with his divine power to keep the diligence of supplying our faith with all that is Christ-like, with the fruit of the Spirit. He says, go back, keep knowing him. When I return, and Lucy has done something to me, it so happens that I can greet the neighbor with a smile. Just at the door. I can smile, hey, hi, how are you? Yeah, we're fine. As soon as the door opens and I see her, hello. It takes divine power, even when I'm wronged, like Cory Ten Boom. Cory Ten Boom saw 
her family massacred in the Nazi camps. Her whole family went. Years later, she's preaching and sharing. A man walks up to her and says, you, I don't think you remember me. I don't think you remember me. But she remembered the voice. This was one of the guards in the Nazi camps. Her heart said no. She's just been telling them about Christ. But she stepped into the great promises of God. And even when everything in her bones could not, she hugged him, said, in Christ we are forgiven. She felt a welling up of the truth of the cross in her own life. That's how you have assurance that God is working in you. True? When the impossible is lived out and there is forgiveness, you know, when you add to knowledge, self-control. Don't get puffed up. When I left the Bible Institute, I said, let me go and show them after Bible school. He says, add self-control. So this thing of, it's, it's in me. There's nothing I can do about it. In the nigga, me, I just get annoyed. I explode. It is how I am. No, if you're in Christ, no. You're able to have self-control because of his divine power. And to self-control, add perseverance. There's no point at which you say, I have been controlled enough. Persevere. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. I'll come back to some of those if time allows. But I want us to focus on these next verses. Remember, I started with the issue of productivity. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Productivity in God is about character. It's about Christ-likeness. You close this year and you say, I was unfruitful in an area. Do not run to the apps. Do not run to click up. Do not run to organize your life with all these Christian disciplines. I'll start at this time and end at this time. Run to questioning. Have you added these Christ-like attributes in his power to your faith? See, it's very easy for us to say, I couldn't get this done, I couldn't get this done, I could. now I'm going to get done. Checklists, everything, come out. No. 
He's about the heart. That's where I pray we start from before writing any resolution. May we start with our hearts. He says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted. I don't want to be short-sighted. Even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin. Therefore, my brothers and sisters in Christ, therefore, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Yes, we have eternal security, but he also calls us to have assurance. That's the experience. There are things that happen in my life that I know Arthur would never do those things except for Christ. That gives me assurance that he has saved me. If these things are not present in my life and he's not stirring my heart, I have no assurance. And that's where doubt comes from, depression and all these things. He knows. He says, make every effort. Be diligent. Once again, using the word diligence. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never fall. Hey! This is assurance. Never fall. The truth is I fall when I stop on these. James says we have strife because of the lusts of our hearts. True? The desires of our hearts are lasting. Strife. But if there's mutual affection, brotherly kindness being added to that, there is love. How can there be a failure to serve one another? Productivity for us is the gospel lived out in our day-to-day -day life. Which area? In as much as these things overlap, they're not necessarily a chain, they overlap, but which area are you thinking about? Have you had virtue? Are you a man or woman that depicts virtue? When someone sits with you, do they hear the knowledge of his great precious promises, or they hear Senga advice. Hmm? Is that what they're hearing? Do our children, do the people around us, do the, our colleagues see us as those with self-control? Is it evident that I can be pushed they say, you've been pushed, I've been pushed to the wall. I've been pushed to the wall. In other words, there has to be a comeback. <laughs> that expression, that's what it rings in my head. I've been pushed to the wall. Friends, be pushed off the cliff. 
Is there self-control even then? Perseverance. Are we, are we depending on him to be people that persevere? Do circumstances determine who we become or has Christ determined who we are? We have a choice. I have a choice. Godliness. Are you willing to turn off that movie? I know everyone wants to binge. Not everyone, but most. It's time to binge. When that movie begins to go a certain direction, are you willing to turn it off? Are you willing to look like Christ? brotherly kindness, mutual affection, and then to that love. He demonstrated his love unto us in that while we were still sinners, he came. It's been a tough time as I've had conversations where I'm currently working with individuals whose contracts are not being renewed. And throughout our conversations, I kept praying, may they see love. May they not feel like we're dumping them. May they understand that our conversations are loving with brotherly affection. And these passages have been rolling through my heart and mind as we discipline our children, as we ourselves are disciplined, may the Lord find that none of us lacks these things, for that is gospel-driven productivity. May we come to the place where we are assured of the work he has done in our lives. May our meditations today as we wait for the fireworks be those that are crying unto the Lord saying, we want to be men and women with a heart after you. May we pant for him as a dear pandeth. May we raise our hands, not in perfection, but in dependence on his divine power, that he will bring true productivity to us. Not just busy bodies, but faithfully stewarding the time we have for the days are evil, true? Whether it is a bank, a consultation room in a hospital, whether it is the cleaning of these chairs or a bathroom, may it all be done. How? As those that are increasing into our faith. As we eat and have a holiday, may self-control reign. <laughs> may we add as we, I mean, this is everything we are called to be. May our resolutions or plans for 2024 be driven and derived from this. 
Because if we are blind, short-sighted, unfruitful, we bring our Savior dishonor. We bring his name dishonor. May we bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to God's Word today. Feel free to contact the pastor on phone at 0705-581-369 or send an email to pastor at onelifechurch.ug. Follow us on Facebook at One Life Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel at One Life Church Kampala, Uganda. One Life Church is a multicultural community of believers equipped to serve Christ's mission. Thank you.